another sign to good health, and that's good mental health. trying something new today we've done shrinks only episodes sessions in the past but trying something where we get i mean it's been remarkable to me how many messages we get from folks at such an early stage and that's not like a flex that's just it's truly it's been so cool to see the support we've gotten from just like random folks who are like not in the industry people who just like found us on Instagram or, or on Spotify, Apple, whatever, or anchor and people sharing their own stories and connecting with the podcast. And it's just been really cool to see. So I think we collectively decided like, let's put out a call for questions because there have been so many that we've DM'd and one off responded to. Um, and we got some good ones. So we're going to run through them. We got some juicy ones, juicy ones. And the, and the thing too is, we we receive really thoughtful, heartfelt, sen- sometimes sentimental, sometimes very raw yeah. messages. And you know, these aren't just messages saying like, you know, like dope. Your pod is dope. Like the, the paragraphs, you know. And it's that to me is something that you can't you can't put a price tag on that type of engagement. That just it every time we receive a message. It's just, it just, it puts me over the moon personally. And uh, not that we need validation for what we're doing because we all do it because we love what we're doing, but it really, it really pulls at the heartstrings every time we open up the DMs and, uh, and, you know, one of y'all send a a message in. So thank you. Thank you for opening up to us and, and uh, trusting us to be the safe space here in golf. And what surprised me about the questions that we got for this session is like, there were literally zero what's your favorite golf course <laughs> questions. Not not one. Or like what's in the bag. What's There's in the bag? Like that, None of it. You know, like so that just shows me that y'all like connect with us on that level and understand that that's this you said this earlier today in a in a call that we were on, Brad, but like we are a mental health podcast disguised as a golf podcast. Yes. This this is a Trojan horse for genuine conversations in the golf space that uh, up until now have not been had. And it's a, it's a dang honor and privilege to be a part of them. Facts. So with that, <laughs> let's dive in. All right. Let's, um, let's have one. <laughs> let's. All right. Question number one, tell us again how the three of you met and how GGT began from the beginning. I, I really like this one because we're, we're, we're going into episode 16 this is episode 16, and some of you might have just, this might be the first time you've listened, or some, t- some of you have been here the whole whole ride. So 
uh, I, I love a good origin story. So actually, I I don't know if I know where it really starts. I think it might have started with you two. I, I think me and or Brad and I had been talking, and Connor and I. We have all all three of us had been talking last early in the year, maybe January, February. And I first connected with Brad when I saw the first Bradford Wilson golf show, Deer Golf, and you know that was just such a impactful uh, and visually. Uh, stimulating and just just it just had all the feelers out um and i was like i need to i need to meet this guy so uh <laughs> the easiest way to do that is, is via dm and um you know brad and i've been talking for a while and i had had the idea of a of starting a podcast of some sort i didn't know what that looked like but i was like I've, i'd love to do it with brad and uh i just i shot my shot and uh, yeah, and then and, Brad, and what would, did you say, Brad? Yeah, Reach say, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got blocked instantly. Yeah, Drew got blocked. <laughs> uh, yeah, Drew, when you hit me, um, it was yeah very shortly after the first deer golf, and um, I was still like this angry, angsty. <laughs> Uh, meme creator at the time, which you are still entitled it's, to be, <laughs> and it's it's still in there. Fucking, I'm a plug. What's going on? I created another page. <laughs> it's it's BWG wow. memes. Um, you did? I did. It's oh private right now, but uh, instant follow. What at the time, y'all y'all listen to this? Uh, th- there's probably going to be something up there. Um, so Drew hit me about an, a podcast at the time I was like out for blood and I didn't really have a, a direction I wanted to go. I just kind of wanted to take everyone down with me <laughs> and I didn't know if that would, uh, be best suited for really the message that I'm trying to get out to, to the golf community at the time. So I was like, yo, put a pin in this because I like you. I like your content. I love where your head's at. Let's circle back in a little bit. Yep. Then, yeah, I I mean, individually, we each had relationships with one another. Connor and I had started our friendship around the same time. And I know we connected before you dropped Deer Golf. Yes. Because I remember you sent me a preview for it before it came out. And I was like, I already knew that I was in love with what you were doing and, and who you were. We'd talked on the phone, I think, once. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw the, the little snippet that you sent me, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, my life is about to change. <laughs> and look where we are now. That's your just story. Boom. <laughs> that's, uh, that's beautiful. That's well, awesome. Well, Connor, so Connor and I spoke on the phone and... I was asking him about you, Drew. I was like, yo, do you know right? Do you right. know this guy, Drew Westfall? Like he seems dope. Like I love his content. Like he dresses his ass off. Like he's a golfer. <laughs> like he seems really cool. He's tapped in with Random Golf Club. You know, we're saying a lot of the same things. We're on the same frequency. Um that led to a group text message. And we right just about, what like March, right? Yeah. Well, you you guys did a couple lives. 
Right. Connor and, I and I like, did two yeah, lives. Yeah. That's right. And then I think I think our group chat started like right after that because I was like, "Yo, I gotta, you gotta tap me into one of these lives." Yes. And then yeah. you were like, "You're like bet." And then I think the, <laughs> then the group chat started. Then the group chat started. Yeah. And we quickly took the group chat to Instagram Live. It, almost immediately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like no, like yeah. the week of that group text was like, "What are y'all doing on Saturday?" Yeah, exactly. It was like, should we hop on live real quick? Yeah. Natural uh, progression. Yeah. yeah, so the Instagram live thing, we outgrew that pretty quickly and uh, moved to audio, and here we are. 16 weeks later. Right. We, and, we had, and we had like six really good episodes on live, too. Those are still up on our Instagram yeah. page, so they're they're viewable. Yes. Yeah, that was it. Was it was? I I thought that was actually a lot of. It, I I loved the idea of doing a live show, um, but just the, just the logistics of, you know, four people being, available to be live at one specific time was just too much to handle, and then also just distribution is is tough when it comes to you can only listen to it or view it on Instagram. So we wanted to be able to have as many eyes and ears on it. So. We knew that transitioning to a audio podcast and video as well was the best way for right. uh, the show to to get out to everyone. Yeah, and we got a lot coming, yo. Like th- this podcast, I, I mean, I can't tell you how much it gives me. I'm sure y'all can speak on you know your experience with it too. But every time I am graced by my work husbands, uh, it feels like. <laughs> that that's really the relationship we have. I mean, we talk every single day. Mm-hmm. Um there's like no all day. Yeah, there's no like, like it's just stream of consciousness in our group text. <laughs> the, the worst right. part is since I'm two hours ahead of Brad and Connor, like I'm up early, I'm a dad, so you know, I'll be I'll be up at like six thirty and I'll have an, an idea and I'll I hope that they have like D and D on at that time because I, I just start blasting off text at like seven AM. I'm like, I'll They'll, I'll see a response in about three hours. Right. <laughs> not that any, not that anything needed anything immediate, but I'm just unfortunately awake, awoke, aw- I'm awake, awoke. awoke. I'm I'm up early awaken. and I'm just awoken early, and I'm also two hours ahead of them. So you're my um, alarm. But clock. yeah, we're 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 up early. We're up late. The DMs are all, or the 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 group chats always popping. Yeah. Uh, aside from the alarm that I have set, which is Mr. Magic by Grover Washington Jr. Uh, <laughs> Drew, <laughs> the buzzing of the text messages is what wakes me up first thing in the morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not mad Mandy's about pro- it either. Mandy's probably like, can you just put your phone into the room? Because the GGT group chat wakes me up every morning. AKA, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's true. The group chat that doesn't sleep. Did that answer the question? I feel like I think so. I think that that was how that was the beginning to now. Okay, next question. What's a challenge? Ooh. <laughs> What's a challenge y'all faced in this process that you overcame and made y'all better for it? Love all the y'alls in there first of all. Um this is a this is a loaded one for me anyways. I'll mm-hmm. say And I think it's constant, right? Like I don't think I don't think there's any one event or obstacle that stands out. I think it's just a collective learning process. I think, you know, like to be explicit about it, I think what we have found challenging, not only in our approach to 
to group golf therapy, but in our own individual careers is that it's a business, right? And the economics of that don't always pan out the way that you want them to. There's an education process from our end from like, and I say our as in like creators generally, right? Like Mm -hmm. create people in the creative field. There's an education process that has to happen from our end to funders, sponsors of content, brands, organizations, that what we do is not only valuable or important, but necessary to move the culture along and to keep diverse thought moving and current and on top of the meniscus. And I think that has been the collective challenge for me anyways. I'm, I don't, I want to let you guys answer this too, but that's what I feel like has been the, the greatest challenge that we're constantly overcoming. Mm-hmm. And we've been, to be, to be fair, we've been blessed as hell to have started so recently and also to have gotten some incredible partners in the mix on this that see the validity and see the importance of group golf therapy and and normalizing conversations about mental health in golf to name a few uncommon five iron i mean those brands like random golf club chase the Ryder cup like those brands have given us a platform to keep this thing afloat and that's not easy and that's not something that's talked about a lot i think in our field for show yeah agreed i think when you're on the forefront of something that's really important um but also when you're when you're the the group one of the groups that are trailblazing it is it's tough because there's no one to tell you exactly there's no formula there's no playbook it's just us figuring figuring it out every single day and I, you know, I don't want that to sound like some sort of like hustle porn sort of thing. Like that's not, that's not the the angle that I'm going for. It's more of just incredible to create things with people that you love. Uh, but it's also challenging because there's no right or wrong way to do it. And a lot of times you learn from mistakes and, you know, when you fuck up, I think that's the best way to, to learn and grow. So, mm-hmm. um, so we learn that that's us every single day, essentially. <laughs> that's what you be waking us up with every morning <laughs> totally it's like yo yo great job yesterday but um, something's on fire yeah <laughs> we need to put that fire out immediately <laughs> i talked about this on uh in actual therapy on sunday um mm-hmm. my therapist is up to date with all of my professional goings on um it's one of the the main reasons uh, I sought her out. Something that's top of mind, something I'm grappling with currently is the the balance between doing and being. Um, hmm. Doing the work of ble- being a, a black golf content creator, doing the work of uh, coming up with a caption or editing a photo or uh, staying on top of trends on TikTok, doing the actual work and balancing being that creative human 24 seven, 365. That's interesting. Um, Something that something admittedly that I struggle with is having a, a nine to five or having a job that I can clock into and, 
have trackable hours and I'm paid on, you know, on time and things like that. Something that is separate from group golf therapy is separate from Bradford Wilson golf. Um, balancing those two things has been a struggle for me. Uh, you know, on my quote unquote vision, I don't actually have a vision board. It's more like a dry erase board that I write to do lists on, but (laughs) Hey man, that counts. (laughs) I I came into my session on Sunday, you know, with this, not nasty attitude, but it wasn't the best. I wasn't in the best mood because I was really feeling the pressure of doing both, uh, of working and doing the podcast and maintaining and, and growing my own personal brand and acting. Um, yeah. All of it. I, you know, that I, it's a struggle sometimes. Yeah. Um, but something my therapist shared with me is that I, I even, I wrote it down on this little, <laughs> this little dry erase board. It's just like, do it be, you can, you can do the work whenever the work comes. Mm-hmm. But you are, I be Bradford Wilson golf or I be group golf therapy, one third of group golf therapy, 24, seven, three sixty five two. The thoughts, the ideas, the notes that I give to y'all live in my brain at all times. Whether I'm clocked in, whether I'm on set, whether I'm nannying, whether I'm golfing, whether I'm riding my Peloton, like it doesn't, I can, I can bring that with me at all times. Uh, And it's something I have to give allowance to myself for something I have admittedly just really been struggling with the balance of, Um, because, you know, speaking to the do part, I'm one third of this thing. Right. Like, Mm. but we're a very, very balanced group. We each million percent equally contribute. So I'm putting there's self-inflicted pressure on myself to live up to that 33%. Like, and I I carry it with me at all times, you know, that, so that, that's kind of the thing I, I went into therapy with and and just needed help unpacking and left with some like actionable things you know like Mm. this do be thing is now i played two rounds of golf this week and talked about it to the folks i played with in both rounds so it's something Mm. that i'm i'm actively trying to incorporate into daily life i love that yeah i appreciate you sharing that i identify with that as well the way that I've experienced this project is like, it's so joyous doing the work, like the process of speaking to both of you guys all day, every day is so fucking fun and <laughs> enlightening and challenging. And if I had my druthers, I would do this full time because right. I know a how much work there is to be done in order to make it perfect. <laughs> and B how much passion is there from each of us to, to keep this thing going and, and building and growing and thriving. And that is, that is a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. And I think you nailed something there. That's like the process of regulation 
especially with a 24 7 365 engine that is social media and content news communications all of that stuff literally never sleeps so it's really easy to tell yourself like oh i should just i could just keep going and i think it's really challenging to know where that balance is and to your point drew like there is no rule book there is nobody telling you like mm, like you should take a break you should go focus on your partner or go be by yourself for a little while like n- nobody's telling you to do that and that's really really challenging i thank you for saying that brad hey that's that's what we're here for connor you and i've talked about times where i haven't been my full self you know, when it comes to the group golf therapy work. Yeah. Um, you're burning the candle at both ends is something that, you know, resonates with me. Yeah. Um, Cause let's face it. Like we are still in the midst of a global pandemic. The world is, is a lot. Uh, so trying to do something creative, trying to do something for yourself, trying to keep the roof over your head, trying to keep clothes on your back is a lot and every once in a while you know you just you have a day where you're like not gonna not gonna respond to the group text right now yeah (laughs) yeah like in the same breath what we have going on is like a creative escape and a prison in a lot of ways (laughs) wow yeah accurate yeah yeah we contrary to to popular belief this is not our main source of income or any income really <laughs> um, this is truly truly a passion project for all three of us and i think that's what speaks volumes to the, the things that we produce and the things that we're planning to produce in the future is you know we we're not making we're not making lots of money from from potting uh we're really not making any money but we do that because we know the value it brings and what it brings to all three of us as friends and what, how it brings us together. So, um, and we know what the future of, of this show could, could bring. So I've never worked on a project quite like this before that I think about so often throughout my day, even though, like you said, we all have millions of things going on in our lives. And, um, but yeah, something always brings me back to the group text or, uh, to something GGT related, and uh, it, yeah, it's it's a it's a really cool thing to be a part of for sure. So here's something actionable. I suggest that we check in with each other more regularly about our bandwidth and how yeah. we're doing on things, especially in a time where this isn't our main jobs and very little of what we do every day is actually really urgent. (laughs) Let's just check in with each other more about how we're doing, what our plates and bandwidth looks like. And I think we, we do a good job of like self-declaring that already. Yeah. Um, But I know I can be better at, at checking in with y'all and and be like, is this something that we actually feel like we have time for this week? Or is it going to like, is this going to be an anxiety? Is this going to be an anxious thing for us to do? Totally. Cause at no point do I want to create that kind of atmosphere where we're like feeling under the gun or feeling like we're, we have a fire under our ass in a negative way. Right. right? It's like, on us to build a healthy atmosphere <laughs> for this thing to work. Right. Yeah. And and this very much feels like a thing we get to do still. 100%. Almost daily. We, 
remind ourselves of that i think yeah in, in the group text like there could be radio silence for two hours and then someone someone will just be like i fucking love y'all yo yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. or like i'm this so is, proud of you sick. connor yeah i'm so proud of you drew like <laughs> yep. uh yeah that's that's the best part of the group chat is for sure yeah it's also and genuine I, like I, I i truly deep down care about y'all like mm-hmm. Truly, Ditto. I can't wait to get you into these arms. <laughs> and if you're feeling some FOMO right now about the the group chat, I guess um, we have things coming. We have we have plans in the work to get y'all you involved. How how would you all like to be in a massive group chat with us? <laughs> More to come. More to come. Yo, thank you, Aaron, for that question. That was a that that sparked a really good conversation. That was Aaron. That was a great question. All right. Um, Do you think golf is in its renaissance? And part two. And what do you think it will take to have a truly diverse PGA? All right. There's a lot to unpack on both of those questions. Um, Can I go first? Please. Lead off. I like the word renaissance. Um, more broadly, I like the word civil rights. <laughs> uh, a reckoning. A reckoning. Yeah. Got where, I look at where we are as a, a, a world, a world community as very much in the civil rights movement still for many, many reasons. If you follow me, you know, you know, my stance on those things. Um, but Golf is a microcosm of that. Uh, there are still major disparities with regard to um, race relations in golf and who's represented and who gets opportunities and who gets exalted, uplifted. If you truly, you know, take some t- whether you agree with me or not, if you truly take some time and look at your feed and look at who's posting what and who is represented and who seems to be at what events, I think you can understand what I'm talking about. Renaissance is putting it lightly. Uh, reckoning is, is where we're at because there's a bubbling up of this uh, anti-establishment <laughs> movement um, where Folks are getting more creative with the content that they put out. Um, different styles of clothing are being represented. Different body types are being uh, praised. Celebrated, yeah. Celebrated. There's more being vocalized about uh, transgender children being involved in sports, I love the movement that Athlete Ally is, is leading right now. Um, shout out to Lambda Legal. Shout out to Maya Reddy. Renaissance is, is putting it lightly. We are definitely, the waves are waving. What do I think it'll take to have a truly diverse PGA? Fire everybody at the top. <laughs> that is what it's going to take. You know, um, well, I'll I'll sidestep that question just for a a, a moment. Um, look at what's happening in the NFL right now with mm. the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, something really nasty came out about the former head coach, and there are ripple effects 
when something like that happens where you can look up the ladder, the chain of command and see that similar practices or similar sentimentalities or similar emails even have been exchanged by leadership. Yeah. Which is a, a peek into the heart of those who are pulling the strings. So, um, Throwing it back to Aaron, man, thank you for that that question that came before this. But Aaron and I did an interview at Griffith Park in, in which he asked me about the aftermath of what happened with Justin Thomas. And I recently watched that clip again because I loved my answer. Um, <laughs> I said, when when no one at the top is of the mind to view something like what Justin Thomas said as flagrant, then we are not going to see change. If no one at the top can view what it, can look at the the current field, the current player uh, of any given tournament on on the schedule this season, and look at that field and say, "That's a good representation of what golf has to offer." If no one at the top is of the mind that that is an issue, then we will not see a truly diverse PGA. Shout out to Mackenzie Mack, who is in the leadership rotation program at Callaway. Um, Super huge, big, gigantic, humongous things coming for her. Uh, Don't be surprised at PGA, at Capital G Golf, if a black woman is running the show in the next 10 years. Boom. Book it. Mic drop. (laughs) I guess kind of piggybacking off of what you said, Brad, um, one thing that can help usher a a golf renaissance and uh, make a more diverse PGA or just a diverse golf world is the fact that there are content creators like us, uh, like so many people out, um, that there are platforms like TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, and, you know, people can start a blog for free. And the fact that, and the fact that, you know, the power is in the hand of the creator these days there are fewer gatekeepers. You don't need to get in with NBC or CBS or, or you know, name any major network. You don't need to go through those channels, through those gatekeepers to get in front of an audience. You can create your own destiny. You can create your own audience. And you can create your own fans uh, via social media. And that's not new, but I think that is one of the reasons why people are seeing that there are I mean, honestly, that was the reason why I saw that there was a change in golf from when I stopped playing about 10 to 15 years ago. When I stopped playing golf, it was like the mid early aughts, like 2007. And golf was vastly different back then, as we all know. And then I I started playing back in like 2020 because there was nothing else to do. And of course, where where am I going to look to see what's happening in golf? Instagram. TikTok, YouTube. And I saw all of these amazing content creators, Random Golf Club, Eric, uh, you know, all the folks at Scratch, Brad, Connor, like all these guys making things. And I saw golf looked different than I remembered. And that's the whole reason that I'm here doing this show with these these uh these guys today is I saw a change in golf. I saw a space where we could affect change. And here we are. So hopefully we're going to be part of that change and part of that wave. All I can really say here is that representation matters. 
It just does, right? Golf has always been a really safe space for people who look and sound like me. If the past year and a half has taught me anything of getting closer to golf, it's given me a little bit more hope that with folks like both of you, with folks like Maya, with folks like Roger Steele, with folks like the Jazzy Golfer, golf can and should look different than it does at the top, but there is no representation at the top. I worked at the LPGA tournament a couple weeks ago in Portland. A stat that kept getting repeated to me during the tournament week was in the United States, if you are to plot out every single sponsorship dollar on a line of sports in the U.S., if that was 100%, women's professional sports in the United States gets 6% of those sponsorship dollars. Jesus. 6%. How is anybody going to make a living comfortably playing on the LPGA tour if you're scraping by making cuts, just barely making cuts. You just aren't. And that's at the professional level. We know what's going on in the WNBA as well. Tennis has its own thing. Women's soccer has its own thing. But I think really it it comes down to putting money into women's sports. The other point that I think needs to be made is that we need allies from the PGA. I'll point at tennis again. I love so deeply seeing interview clips from press conferences of Andy Murray interrupting reporters mid-question to correct them about statistics and saying, no, I, I am not the first person to do that in tennis. Serena did that five years ago. Inject that into my veins. Straight up. Where is that in golf? I mean, I saw, I saw Bubba Watson at the Solheim Cup. That's a start. That yep. is like the tippity, tippity tip of the iceberg of somebody who wasn't playing in the Ryder cup and who's like barely relevant as a competitive player at this current standing. And that's nothing against Bubba Watson whatsoever. I want to talk to Bubba Watson, right? (laughs) He's self-aware, but we need, we need young folks on the PGA tour stepping up and being more active allies to the women across the aisle, to people of color on the APGA tour, fill in the blank. And when we say allyship, we don't just mean wearing that dope LPGA hoodie. Thank which you is for dope, saying that, Drew. Th- but yeah. it's more than just one social media post with yeah. a hoodie. No matter how dope the hoodie is, Michelle, we please send us that hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's more than that. Allyship is not performative. Allyship doesn't mean a social media post. Allyship is like, I showed up to an LPGA event in LA and didn't post about it. I just wanted Mm -hmm. to see incredible athletes performing. The uh, Connor, you mentioned tennis. Love the support that Andy Murray showed in that um, that press conference. Look at the NBA, for example, as well. The I mean, they similarly they had a hoodie. They had the orange hoodie, and it's still yeah. Very, very popular amongst the players. Uh, we, that's, a, we, that's a dope hoodie. Yeah. Most notably, we saw it during the bubble season last year. A lot of the players are wearing that orange hoodie. Um, Kobe Kobe wore the hoodie. He did. Jasmine Baker. Um, send me that hoodie, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's more than that. Uh, those guys, Chicago Sky, Phoenix Mercury, are in the WNBA finals right now. The Phoenix Suns gave up their facility so that the Phoenix Mercury could host their game there. Mm. 
because the WNBA deserved to be there. It's deeper than a social media post. It's how you show up. Those guys go to those WNBA games. They pull up yeah. with their families. They sit on, they sit in the front row. That it's it's showing up. It's being there. It's it's something we need. Golfers, professional, amateur, whatever level you're at, if you want this game to sustain, you need to show up. I actually it, it's so funny. I had this a very similar conversation with um with my girlfriend last week. We were talking about this very issue, like why there isn't as much allyship shown from the PGA tour to the LPGA specifically. And I think we sort of settled on like, so in professional tennis tournaments, the men and the women are playing at Wimbledon the same exact week. Yes. There is not a single event where men and women professional golfers are playing in the same space, not even the same like city or state. I just have to think that if you put women's professional athletes performing at the highest level in the world next to men's professional athletes performing at the highest level in the world, there is going to be cross collaboration and cross promotion. And I think it's borderline cowardly and calculated that that hasn't happened yet. During Solheim cup, uh, across social media, you know, the, the media publications were giving us updates on Solheim stuff and, Something I was encouraged by were uh, folks that were commenting um, there need to be mixed scrambles in the Olympics uh, next year. Like I was totally. seeing that'd be sick. I was seeing a little bubbling of that. How dope would that be if we had like, oh my God, incredible. If, if we had like an all star weekend for golf where it was right, where it was mixed uh, scramble. Or closest to the pin, yeah. Get get Bubba Watson out yeah, there in yeah, his Jordans. Like, like, I mean the the NHL kills it with the skills challenge every year. Like, yes. could you imagine that with golf? It'd it would be, be so cool. It would be amazing. And to anyone who like whose antennas went up, if you're giving two professional golfers a challenge, like closest to the pin, for example. It's going down. It's that's entertainment. Like you give you give a professional golfer 154 yards, uh, three mile per hour wind in their face. It doesn't matter what your your bodily makeup is. If you were a professional golfer, you were going to rise to that occasion. And we've all seen it done across LPGA, PGA. Like they're they're pros. It, it's. It doesn't matter uh, what tour you're on. It's entertainment. It's it's incredible golf at the highest level. Yeah. Don't we all want to see that? Right. The problem is I don't think we all want to see that. Or at least we don't think we all want to see that. And that's that's where the education comes from. From folks like us, other content creators and influencers in the space. To showcase amazing golf from everyone you know we need we need an n1 mixtape for golf we need former pros or folks trying to make like we need apga corn fairy we need symmetra we need cactus tour to just start their own thing their own Mm -hmm. like weekend 
skills mm-hmm. challenge. That way, uh, Fat Joe acquires a team and then <laughs> signs <laughs> signs Roy McElroy to make a, a guest appearance. And <laughs> then and one mixtape for golf blows up and goes global, and we get another hot sauce. Ooh. <laughs> we get another escalate i'm here for I, it i think i think i think lpga or um women's golf is is due for a renaissance due due to the fact that there are there are just such amazing compet like the competition is just like nelly jin young ko nb park like the rivalries um lydia uh yuka Sasso, like I will admit, I stopped watching golf in like the 2010s because after Tiger kind of was dismantled, there was a, a dry spell in golf where there were no, there were not, there wasn't the golf rivalry that I I I loved that I grew up. It, there was no Tiger Phil, Tiger Ernie, Tiger Retief, Tiger VJ. That was what I grew up watching, and then it was just kind of like anyone could win this major. And for me, like I I don't know, I just it just. I lost the interest in in golf, and I and I wasn't playing golf. But right now in the LPGA, there's rivalries, and that's I mean that's what makes golf and especially professional golf interesting is when you have these titans going up against each other every single week. So I'm hoping that you know all of the just extremely talented golfers that I just mentioned on the LPGA tour will you know kind of help usher in a new era of golf fans um and whether that's kids whether that's adults uh you know i don't i hope it doesn't matter because you're gonna get to see some incredible rivalries hopefully for a very long time because all those all of those uh people are are relatively young they're they're so young like nobody crazy nobody is touching 30 yet no not even close like, That's crazy. like Brooks Kepka is like ancient compared to those people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we're witnessing yeah. their prime right now. The, they it haven't is even such peaked a yet. treat to Nelly watch Korda hasn't, um, Nelly Korda hasn't peaked yet. Right. No How way. How scary is that? Barring barring injury, she Terrifying. hasn't peaked yet. Yeah. <sighs> Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, last question that we have today. Um, I want to hear about your values. What are the traits and things that you hold most important? Uh, what are your values on and off the course? How do those line up? Uh, and I know you talk a little bit about that with some of the guests. I actually, it's funny. I had um, I had a, a very similar question from my therapist the other day. Uh, she specifically asked me, she said, which characteristics of yours do you want to savor now? I like the word savor. Mm. And keep with you moving forward. And I think I think that's a I mean it's it's different but it's similar to this question. I think and something that that I'm I would say immensely proud of myself for carrying as a value or as a as a character trait is curiosity. And it's something that I, I really value in other people. It's something I definitely value in the both of you is having a curious mind, asking questions, not being ashamed of ignorance. Mm-hmm. Ignorance is often so maligned in our culture. And I think wrongly in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. ignorance plus arrogance. Yes, 
dangerous. Ignorance plus curiosity, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, give me that. Give me somebody who doesn't know something, who's not afraid to say that they don't know something, and then ask a question about it. That's how you reach people. Mm-hmm. And so that is a that's a value that I find in in people. And okay, let's let's relate it to golf, right? Because this is a golf <laughs> podcast. LOL. Um, <laughs> Oh, is that what, is that why we're here? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Play from the play from the red tees. Mm. Next time you go play golf, play from the red tees. It's so it's so much fun. Be curious. What's gonna, what will happen? Will you score lower? Maybe. Maybe not. When you're in the middle of the fairway, don't don't just hit like a a regular 150 yard stock eight iron into the green. <laughs> Take out the six iron, hit a little runner. Be curious. Try something new. Ask a question. I think there's ways that we can approach golf that that differ so so far away from what the PGA Tour is offering to you that offers us new possibilities to learn about the game and how we play it, but also about ourselves and the way that we approach success and failure, the way that we approach competition internally and externally and i think curiosity is the the vehicle through which we can accomplish that that's beautiful a value something that i value and something that i'm always working on um for myself is owning up to your mistakes um that's something that i think i've i've always struggled with and it's something that i i value in other people because I truly believe that the only way that you can learn and grow from a situation is by making a mistake. Um, but I think the, the, the bigger person will always admit to when they've made a mistake and own up to it and say like, Hey, you know, hand up my bad. And that's something that I, I work on every single day and trying to, you know, understand that mistakes happen. And I think it's important to make mistakes in life. And, and, but if you can't own up to the fact that you were wrong, um, you know, it's, it's really hard to grow from that. And if you want to take that to the golf course, I guess that kind of is in the, the realm of like, sort of like it, the integrity of the game that's probably wrapped up somehow. I, I feel like you can learn a lot about a person and, and we've talked about this, or I've, I've talked about this on a, on a pod before. You, if you don't know someone and you go golfing with them, you can learn a lot about their character as a person by how they interact with with uh, how they interact with the game, uh, how how they get around the course. You know, are they, you know, are they? How do they interact with the uh, the the cart person selling beverages? And uh, you know, I I think that's really it's a really telling thing to uh, interact with some someone at a golf course and. Uh, Excellent yeah, can, first can, date oh, activity. Man. Excellent would, first it, date, for sure. It really would be. It or maybe really second would be. or third. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, if y'all both golf, then excellent first date. <laughs> Absolutely true. true. Your journey through owning up to mistakes. What has that given you that you didn't have before when you found it more difficult to? raise your hand and say, I messed up 
And where do you think that came from? Like, where do you think that process has come from? Uh, growing up, I, I just got in trouble a lot and it was just easy to be like, it's, it was really easy to try and pass the blame and pass the buck to someone else. Um, and I think too, like, so growing up as an only child, you know, I didn't, I didn't have that like sibling rivalry or Mm. like, I, I was never able to like blame anything else on anyone in my own home. Um, because it was like, oh, if something happened, it was, it was me so like in school that was kind of like my first interaction with other kids and people peers my own age so i don't know i think i just didn't understand that like it was just for me i just it was just really easy to lie and be like oh i didn't do that like it i it wasn't me it was someone else someone else must have done that Mm -hmm. um but just realizing that you know if you can't own up to I guess it's kind of like a trust thing. Um, and then also just like overall integrity of a, of a person. Um, but for me, I think it's given me just a lot of, I guess, clarity. And I kind of, I just, I just know who I am now a lot better than I did when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I, I, I've, I've learned so much from screwing up and making mistakes and if I wouldn't have owned those mistakes, I wouldn't have learned and I wouldn't have grown from that. So for me, like if you, you don't, if if things are going really well and you don't know why they're going really well, whether it's in a job or a relationship or whatever it is, it's, it's hard to like, there are no metrics to say like, how did I get here? Like things just went really well and now we're here. Mm. But when you make a mistake, that's... For me personally, I when I've learned the most and grown the most, uh, because it's like, oh, okay, that didn't work, but I need to keep trying to make it better. Uh, versus just like when things are smooth sailing, things are going well, and you're like, man, like it's easy, like how this is uh, success is just coming uh, so readily. Um, so I think just seeing the growth from owning up to mistakes and letting myself make those mistakes has just opened so many more doors for me than, uh, than doors that have closed. That adversity will teach you, man, no matter where it comes from, even if it's yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Facts. hundred percent. That resonates with me, man. Cause I was a, I was a big time liar growing up. Same. Lying is awesome. Lying is great. It's so easy. It's easy as a kid, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, shit, even even as an adult, I, I did, you know, I'll, yeah. be, I'll be out we here be, lying we sometimes. Be, we be lying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be out here lying sometimes. Uh, I lie less. <laughs> um, but that, that really resonates with me, man. Uh, and also, Connor, your, your bit about curiosity resonates with me, too. Um, and I think a value of mine that uh that i care to share with the audience is uh grace knowing that i was a liar and i messed up and i was trying to cover something up because i wasn't feeling great about myself is an eye-opening experience when you can admit that to yourself when you can look yourself in the mirror and be like oh shit that's why i lied so much I wasn't happy. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, that, that is a very powerful unveiling to yourself. Uh, for me, that happened over the course of regular therapy. Um, I had a lot of childhood trauma I needed to unpack that, that revealed mm-hmm. that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but lying was a big theme in that. Like I, I really, I, I needed to understand why, like why I did that, yeah. um, how it relates to golf and how curiosity relates to, um, to being honest and uh, uh, being or offering grace to someone. Um, I far too often seen someone hit a bad shot and their friends aren't laughing at the bad shot. They're laughing at their friends. I far too often seen (laughs) someone that doesn't look like the other person be treated as less than. I've far too often seen it in myself. Yeah. Where I already, I play with the same five or six people and I generally don't explore outside of that. Um, But when I do, I'm very observant. Something that I need to value a little bit more in the way that I express grace is that curiosity. Uh, what that looks like practically, I think is instead of laughing at your friend, Hey man, I got an extra ball. All you, all you got to do is keep your weight on that front foot, man. Don't, don't even, don't even trip. That's offering grace. Maybe this, I mean, who knows? They might, they might be six white claws deep or they might have just, (laughs) um, (laughs) they might've just opened up to you about, you know, something that their kid is going through and they're not in the best place mentally. And that's what led them to hitting that bad shot. But when you offer grace, when you lead with grace, you can, uh, you can allow for different things that might not trigger you quite as much. Um, I feel like all of this, I'm talking (laughs) into a mirror, all of this, I need to hear. (laughs) Um, that's okay. Yeah. No, this is, this is very useful. Um, grace is just such a, a big value of mine. It's an important part of my adulthood, um, not only for how I offer grace to other folks, how I offer grace to my friends and my family, but how I offer it to myself. Yeah. Does that fall in the same bucket as self-acceptance to you? Big time. Yeah. Because yeah. I've, I've a- known my like my quirks and sensibilities and attractions and things like that, that may have, um, uh, I may be coloring outside of the lines a little bit. Mm. Uh, but instead of beating myself up for it, self-acceptance is a a major thing for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's cool to hear that therapy has helped you unpack that specific piece of you know, use the, the, the lying example. I, I got in trouble for telling lies all the time when I was a little kid and even into my like adolescence. And it's something that I still haven't really unpacked yet as to like, why was I doing that? Even, even though in the moment, like, you know, it's wrong. Like it's, it, I feel like (laughs) that's one of the first lessons that you're taught as a little kid, right? Is like share and, Oh, don't, 
lie. Don't like, lie. Like, tell the truth, please. Yep. But something, yeah, I don't know why. And that even trickled into golf. Like, when I started playing golf, I would cheat all the time. Like, even when it mattered. Oh, yeah. And there's so much wrapped up in, and I think, you know, so much of it is self-acceptance, right? Like, you want to present the best version of yourself to the world. And if that means lying about the things that you're insecure about or fixing your lie, LOL, on the golf course (laughs) to improve your score, to present a better version of yourself, quantified version of yourself, then hell yeah, I'm going to take that for sure. (laughs) If that means, if that means more social acceptance, more clout, (laughs) of course I'm going to do that. Right. Like that's the, that's the, that's the adolescent brain. Damn, Patrick Reed, he's just he's just so insecure. No, for real though, like okay, so I don't let me let me put it this way. Let me let me say very clearly up front. I do not feel bad for Patrick Reed. But I do a little bit. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I see that. I, I, I see just, that. I think I think he's going through something. And I think he catches a lot of shit from people. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. Like, I mean, you should not cheat in the professional golf association. Right. You shouldn't. But no. there's there's clearly like more there that I feel like is being missed in the so in the story, right? Yeah. And I'm Patrick Reed, come on the pod. Yeah, we'll, maybe we'll get him on the yeah. pod, man. It's we'll have a, safe we'll space. Have a, we'll have a lying and cheating session. Meaning we meaning we talk about that, not right, right. Things. Not yeah. lie <laughs> actively to one another. Man, I uh I'm glad you brought him up. We can check tape, okay? There's no denying, you know, some of his past exploits, whatever, whatever. But enough already. Mm-hmm. He gets it. Y'all, y'all are relentless in the comments. Y'all are relentless. Let that man live. Give that man grace. Yo, he, he, he almost... He could not be with us today. Like he had some major health concerns this year. Yeah, true. He was going through it. And don't think for a second that he wasn't at his worst moments, at his lowest moments, wasn't replaying the things that he hears online, the things that he hears from his friends, the things he hears from, from commentators. Mm. Yeah. Let that man live. Get over it. It happened. We are past it. We can, I mean, shit, still come on the pod. We can unpack that. Please do. But, but I just, I just want to say to the, the community at large, let it go. It's not funny anymore. I think, unfortunately, every sport needs a villain. And unfortunately, he has kind of, uh, him and Bryson have been that scapegoat for golf. Yeah. But no, I agree. I, you know, and, and also I agree with Connor. Like, I, I feel bad, but I, I don't, but I do. Yeah. I'm just tired. Of, I'm just tired of the same recycled jokes. Like, <laughs> get, okay. Yeah. If you want to roast this man, get creative. Make me laugh. Unfortunately, the internet is not always known for its creativity. <laughs> <laughs> Which is wild because it is. Right. <laughs> but it also is, yeah. But golfers, not so it's the most much. Crea- it's the most creative space in the world. But it's like, it, but for some reason, the meritocracy, the cream that rises to the top is always the most recycled 
boring ass plain vanilla Triscuit bullshit ever. <laughs> Especially in golf. Damn, go off. A vanilla Triscuit would go hard. <laughs> oh, by the way. <laughs> I'm just so thankful we were able to pot on this this beautiful evening together. I'm yeah, so thankful for those questions. I appreciate you both being so open about all of this stuff. You never know how it's going to go when there's even with us feel, when there's feelings to be felt. You never know what the energy is going to be like in the room. And I appreciate you both for just sharing. Yeah, generally, right back at you. Ten out of ten would do again. So keep sending would. those comments and questions in. Like literally, we, we didn't get to all of them. I right. mean, we said we answered four of them, and there were like yeah. thirty. So yeah. yeah, yeah. We if you yeah sorry if your question wasn't answered, we're gonna make we're gonna do another episode. We we all the questions were so good. We didn't want to not give each one the proper time. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for all the questions. Stay tuned. More episodes coming. We truly mean in our mid roll that our DMs are always open. Thank mm-hmm. you to so open to some of you who will just randomly drop in a DM and offer up some grace, or offer a thank you, or offer a keep up the good work. Um, it means a lot to to us because as we led the the conversation off with, you know, it's a labor of love. We're not doing this for the dollars. We're doing this because meaningful conversations matter and we really enjoy potting with one another. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just know that uh your your messages are always seen by us and it, it means a lot. And don't be surprised if and when we pop up in your neck of the woods if I don't lift you up off the ground hugging you. That's, That's right. to everybody who sent a DM, a comment, a like, a share. You're getting a hug from me. Keep your That's mask right. on if you want to. That's fine. You're getting a hug. <laughs> You're getting a hug. We'll go masked up, hand sanny, but keep it sanitized, huh? I'll say I I th- I I will I will put money on the three GGT shrinks being up there in terms of like quality of huggers. Oh yeah, I think we're three we're three great huggers. Absolutely, it's cozy. It's very it's a it's a cozy hug. Yeah. Like Drew, uh, Drew, I can, I can like, actually, the three of us are, are very, very similar in height. So I right. appreciate that I can come Which in. Which is good for camera. Good for camera. It's excellent yeah. for camera. And it's, it's excellent for hugging. Like Drew, I, yeah. I can just come in and embrace you. Slowly. Come on in. Come on in. The water's fine. Connor, <laughs> Connor, I, I feel embraced by you. And it's just, it's right <laughs> Chest to chest. Uh, sometimes yeah. I like to I like to take a little deep breath so you feel my belly pushing up against your belly. You know what? You know what? In them hugs. <laughs> a, t- a tummy toucher. Yeah. A tummy toucher. I'm a tummy toucher. If I yeah. really mean it. So so if <laughs> you gotta so touch if you're, tummies. <laughs> if you come to your neck of the woods and you get a tummy toucher from me, you know I meant that shit. Say it twice so I know you meant it. <laughs> Guys, I love you both. I love y'all too. Love you, Kings. There's another side to good health, and that's good mental health.